I'm Kelly. And I'm Katrina. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the Glass Chest. chest. I'm going to be honest. I starting just introducing. We don't care how we are. <laughs> yeah. I, hello. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Katrina. Do you, you, you really hate me already? Jeez. No, it's just for trying. I don't know how to spice these up anymore. But hi. Hi. So to spice things up, do you have a fun fact for us today? Yes, I do. After a couple thoughts into my brain hole and not off bestlifeonline.com, but if you do want facts that we don't know are factual, you can check bestlifeonline.com. So the fact that I have for you today is actually from my physics teacher. He used to start off every class with some sort of random presentation of the news or something he knows about. And he taught us how to pee in the dark. What? So <laughs> apparently it's a thing amongst troops that, you know, it gets dark and you might need to pee somewhere. And so what you do to get the whole like night light effect is that you have to cover one of your eyes and have one of your eyes open and the eye that's open should look at light for I think like 15 to 20 seconds or something or maybe like a whole minute I forget that you should be looking at light for a certain amount of time and then once it gets dark you open up the eye that is closed and you should be able to see in the dark because one eye is adapted to dark and one eye is adapted to light that when the lights are off, your eyes are able to see in the dark, apparently. And that's what's used in order for you to pee. Yeah, that, you, that's how you pee in the dark. <laughs> and so we all did it in class that day. <laughs> he had the lights on and we were all just like, okay. And we looked at the ceiling <laughs> and he turned off the lights and then y'all... Physics was a time. Did it work? I think it did. I, I do, I, I could, my mind could just be making things up, but like, I do remember the class being like, whoa. Okay. It's the only thing I learned back in high school. <laughs> do you have a fun fact? Yeah, mine is less deep than that, but oh. <laughs> um, once it drops past about negative 10 degrees Celsius or 14 degrees Fahrenheit, the chances of snowing decrease exponentially because the air is too cold to make snow. So that's why sometimes when we get really cold winters here in Canada, our temperatures like plummet really fast without snow happening. So then it's just green forever, but it's cold. So it doesn't feel like winter, but like it is winter because like we don't have the snow. So it's not white and nice and festive. It's just green and drab. It's just too cold for it to snow. That makes a lot of sense. I don't like it when it's super cold. I feel like the cold isn't worth it unless there's snow. Yeah, everything, it's just so dead. Everything is so dead in the winter without snow. And at least snow reflects light and things get brighter. So even when the days are short, it feels bright. Yeah, it, it does. Sorry, it's <laughs> This is the fun fact I learned from Orgo. Literally the only thing I learned from Orgo. When you cut the lawn, you know how you smell like that fresh cut grass smell? Apparently that's the grass releasing an odor to warn the other grass like, hey. Danger is coming. Yeah, yeah, it's so sad, <laughs> but it's also really funny. I know. Anyway, today I thought we would have a bit of a story time and talk about some of the positive and not so positive memories or interactions we've had with other people as we've functioned throughout our daily lives. Kelly and I have been alive. <laughs> 
I guess so. And interacted with people a fair bit. We tried. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the ones that made us feel nice and warm and the ones that made us feel, um, well, some of the ones that made us feel a little bitter. I don't think there's necessarily a moral to some of these stories. They're more so just memories and little things from our lives and any opinions that we express or sentiments are representative of our own experiences and not necessarily anyone else who has been in situations like this and the way that we handle things is not advice. Do not follow what we do because sometimes we make bad decisions. Yeah. But listen anyways, grab a warm drink, some popcorn, and yeah. As we progress through stories and different things that we want to share, we've divided, I guess, people into three categories. So we're going to share our stories that way. We have kids, peers, and adults. And when we say peers, we mean people who were our age at the time of the story happening or around our age. The stories have further been divided into horror and wholesome. You got good times and you got bad times. So we have some of both for every age group. This was a nice topic to reflect upon because where we're at, some of the COVID mandates aren't as strict as they used to be. And easing into society and interacting with people is something I haven't really done for several months, two years. It's been some time. Hopefully discussing about this can help us reflect on how we interact with people once again as we ease into knocking on wood that things get better in some sort of capacity. Did you want to start us off, Kelly? Maybe with a, well, you choose horror or wholesome kid story. I'll start off with a bit of the horrible stuff that kids do. This sounds like something every generation says, they just assume that the next generation is terrible. And they're right, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. It's interesting to see how much of an influence technology and like other resources have on kids today. Though I don't have any personal stories to say about kids, I've just witnessed so many crazy things that kids do and I'm like, you're you're in grade three. What do you what do you mean you're you're doing that thing that that you do or like they're being very disruptive or like honestly I feel like they skip the whole tween phase and when you think about clothing and sorry this is not even like a kid's story anymore it's just the kids generation is very questionable and that's what I find horrifying other than that there are kids that are great I can probably list off more wholesome experiences than horror maybe it's because of the trauma I'm just trying to block out the horror <laughs> yeah um, but in terms of wholesome, so I think kids are great though. Are they messy? Absolutely. But I've always loved kids and I've always loved how like hopeful and wholesome many of them are. And so a lot of my kids' experiences are with regards to my time with volunteering at my old elementary school and volunteering at a children's hospital. I don't have very full-length wholesome stories, but some of the things that really stood out during my time with volunteering there's this one kid who was just really impressed by my coloring skills. Aww. Not to toot my own horn, but I know how to, you know, color within the lines or whatever. And this kid was like, whoa, he's coloring so fast. Aww. And like, he was so impressed by my hands that were coloring. So I kept poking it. 
and he said, whoa, his hands are so soft. And then the teacher told the kid, hey kid, she's a girl. Oh, he has soft hands. And I'm like, bro, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because that kid kept talking a lot throughout the day and they had nap time and he wouldn't take a nap. And there was this one time during... Um, their like snack period or lunch period they all have to wash their hands and stuff and he raised his hand and he was just like teacher yes do you do we wash our hands with soap yes you wash your hands with soap anyway i hope he's doing well i'm pretty sure he's like at least 10 years old at this point whoa but like it's been it's been several years but that was he really stood out that's cute though yeah Yo, kids, when they hype you up, it's the best thing ever. You actually feel like it's worth being on this planet. It's nice. If a kid tells you you're ugly... Oh, that's... (laughs) 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 Then you know. Then you know. The good (laughs) memories matter. As for when I volunteered at the children's hospital, some of the times when I felt like, you know, they were gassing me up and stuff, is that, like, I'm, I'm pretty good at arts and crafts, not gonna lie. Um, if you need me to start your gimp, and if you know what a gimp is, you're a real one, I can start a gimp. She can make a Halloween costume for you, too. With paper. But still. It, yeah. I also know how to do various friendship bracelets, and if you want to be my friend, that would be nice, because I know all of these friendship bracelet patterns, and I don't really have friends to give them to. I want a friendship bracelet. Can we get a podcast bracelet, Kelly? Okay, I'm gonna send you some picture of the string that I have, and like, you, can, you can choose the colors and stuff, and we can figure or, something. Or, or we can do the colors of the podcast. Okay, Mister Smarty Pants. Like, okay, okay, or, or make me two. I don't care. <laughs> I'll put them. I'll put them on my keys. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What else can I do? I can. I can do origami. So one of the things that I did when I was volunteering at the children's hospital is that my responsibility is just to keep the kids entertained while they're like waiting for their appointment or like if their parents needed to leave the room, I would just be there vibing with them. And so a lot of the wholesome times when you just talk to a kid and sometimes like you'll ask small questions and sometimes you kind of let them lead the conversation and some kids are dumb. But you know what? Some kids are really bright and like captivating when they speak. And I'm like, I did not expect an eight-year-old to really speak to me compared to some of the adults I work with today. Yeah. <laughs> but um, some of the things that stood out were there was this one patient who was, I don't know if a regular would be the right word. Yeah, they were kind of irregular because they just needed to check up stuff with their fracture and stuff. And it was crazy because she was still able to do like a lot of the hands-on activities even though only one of her arms really cooperating. And so I would help out with the other arm. And she ended up taking my stuff that I made because she just really wanted them. But it was a fun time doing that. There was like a no touch or hug policy. Like we, as volunteers, you shouldn't be initiating anything. And like, if they do something to you, you can't just be like, hey, buddy, don't hug me because they're already sad enough. Yeah. But I always found it cute when they're just like, you're my best friend. And I'm like, I am. I'm your best friend. We just met like a couple minutes ago. Wow. One of the serious, not serious, but like one of like the the really good conversations I had was this kid from this town in Northern Ontario. 
and they weren't really used to the whole city that southern ontario was filled with and we had a whole deep conversation about all of the fun he had living in a less busy area and he's just like you know what i don't get all these kids today all they do is just they go on their phones and their tablets and stuff like they don't really know the skills about (laughs) how old was he he's like eight (laughs) whoa okay and like he was comparing about how there's just so much here but he doesn't feel as engaged maybe like not that exact terminology but he was essentially talking about the difference between the city life versus the country life and how you're not getting as much from the city even though the city technically has a lot to offer the kids whoa right and like we're we're just i'm just like bro i'm just trying to color right now but yeah facts <laughs> so yes kids are smart we love to see it yeah it gives you hope you know yeah do you have any hopeful or horror stories with the youngins oh man i worked at a summer camp for many years and there are lots of kids everywhere all the time (laughs) (laughs) to all the camp counselors out there you you know what i mean you got your favorites you got the regulars that you see go through the age groups and everyone goes ah that kid yeah (laughs) like in in good and bad ways because i don't know whether to start with horror or wholesome first which one do you think is more exciting um the more exciting is definitely the horror, but the ho- the wholesome makes you warm and fuzzy inside. Okay, then, uh, yeah, whatever. Let's start it with a bang then, and then ease okay. into the wholesome. Because you know what isn't wholesome? Adults. <laughs> or no, peers. <laughs> I'm going to start with the horror stories. I was in charge of making an escape room for an overnight camp, so the kids are like 13, 14 at overnight camp, so, you know, you're able to have some deeper conversations. You can do longer, bigger games, you can stay up a little bit later at night. Everyone gets the base concept of an escape room. You solve puzzles to try to get out of a contained space. So I had ciphers and different crosswords and like hunting things in this room for the kids to solve. One of the boxes that had the key to get out was locked with another, you know, key. And the key was taped under the bench of something and they had to solve it, whatever. Anyways, the team found the key to open the box to get the key to get outside, and he ate it. What do you mean he ate it? Like, he he put it in his mouth because, like, somebody dared him. Like, I bet you won't lick the key or something. And I had left the window open a crack, A, for air, and B, so I could hear what was going on inside to make sure they were semi on task. Mm -hmm. And so I hear this kid go, bet you won't lick it or something. And the kid was like, bet. And doesn't just lick it, he puts it in his mouth. And then everyone's like, okay, point proven, can we have the key now so we can get out and win? And the kid just straight up goes, swallow. She's gone. No! Yeah. Sorry, just just for clarification, was the swallowing accidental? No. Or... No, he purposefully swallowed it. So I'm standing outside listening to them panic because they're like, now we can't get into the spot and now we can't get out. And, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. But like, I had a master key, so like, they were fine, but they wanted to win. Uh, so this kid goes, well, I mean, we can wait here for eight hours, and it'll come out the other end. There's a bathroom in here, you know, we, we can just... And then he starts telling a story about a time he swallowed something before. He was with his family, uh, and they were playing Monopoly. And I guess he didn't want a certain piece to do a certain thing, so he swallowed the Monopoly piece. And... <sighs> It was a certain color going in, and it was a different color coming out. My gosh. 
he pooped in the bathtub for the next day or so just so they could wash the poop away to get the piece back and anyways <laughs> a kid finally comes up to the window and says excuse me and like I, I knew what was going on but the kid was going we can't get out and I was just gonna play I was like what do you mean like just solve the thing and they're like no like somebody swallowed the key <laughs> no so yeah um we did not make the kid poop in a shower or anything we just counted the key a lost cause and I just let them out and they did beat the other team so they did still win but at what cost <laughs> but yeah <laughs> at what cost yeah I still have the lock I didn't know what to do with it I forgot to leave it at my workplace and so it's just here and the other thing that gets me is this kid is like 13 or 14 like they're not eight. Oh, yeah they're not eight so where you put things in your mouth or anything but yeah it was it was funny because <laughs> there's that whole concept that people just eat their problems away <laughs> that's, that's so, a whole different type of he, eating yeah yeah this next one that one wasn't too bad horror it was just really funny huh it was funny Sorry, quick question. So, like, I know you said the key is a lost cause. So, like, they just really, it just left with the poop and was flushed away. Yeah, I think somewhere so. Somewhere in the system. They never, never found it. Never you know, it. some guy is going to see that key, though. <laughs> Someone in the sewage goes, what's this? Hope that wasn't important. Go on, man. How, how can it get any worse than this? Um, Another year for day camps, we took the kids swimming or something and we're like okay go change before you come inside to do whatever so they go change and somebody comes running up to me about five minutes later and goes the toilet's flooding and I'm like do you okay cool let's go deal with the flooding toilet now so I walk in and it is indeed flooding and there is water and I go get the plunger I actually make my colleague do it because I'm like I don't want to touch the toilet you can you can take this one for the team so thank you and he plunges the toilet and there's a sandwich not in a Ziploc bag, but it's just a sandwich in the toilet, clogging the... So I don't... It's a shared bathroom for multiple age groups, so I don't know who flushed a sandwich down the toilet. What type of sandwich? I, it, was just, it was just like cheese, meat, and lettuce, I think. What type of meat? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't examine the toilet sandwich. So that became a recurring issue, the food being flushed down the toilet. One day, I have about half an hour free time and I walk into the one of the main offices to get paperwork or something and one of my supervisors says to me would you like to do God's work and I was like okay I got half an hour like whatever sure and so they hand me gloves and a clothespin and point me in the direction of the bathroom we which we had the chronic food flushed down the toilet and I was like okay cool so we flushed some more food down the toilet I wish so I get there, and as soon as I open the door to the building, it is, I just get hit with this wave of smell. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and I go, okay, this one's not food. This one is not food. So I go to the bathroom, and I open the door. No. We, we don't know who this kid was because it's a shared bathroom. I don't know the age of the child. I don't know anything. I, I hope it was a younger child, but I'm not sure. Someone had had an upset stomach. Diarrhea. <laughs> and decided to, against better judgment, forego toilet paper. <laughs> There's so many things wrong with this story. You're not even done. 
it's one thing if someone decides not to use toilet paper and just, you know, pulls up their pants and goes along their way, that that's a mess for you. But no, th- this individual had decided to not use toilet paper, but to use their hands and proceeded to touch everything in the bathroom. The sinks, the walls, the mirrors, down the hallway outside leaving the bathroom, they'd drag their hand across the wall. Sorry, it's just like, you know how in music videos when they're being all dramatic and touching everything? Like, I... Yep. And the, the kid had touched the soap dispenser, I guess, but didn't Damn get it. any soap. So I'm standing there with my gloves on, and I haven't put the nose pin on, and then I realized that that's why they handed me the nose pin. And I go, all right, cool. So that bathroom had a lot of issues that week. It was fine cleaning, as fine as diarrhea can be cleaning. Cleaned nicely, the smell went away. My, it did take me a while to clean, though, because it was everywhere. It was on the light switches. Was it really just by the yourself? Garbage can. Yeah. The, I, had, I had free time, and other people were busy, and my colleague actually came. <laughs> my colleague came to find me because he's like, because they were like, dude, we got to do some other things. And I was like, unless you would like to help me do this, you can start without me. <laughs> and he's like, fair enough. I'll go start the kids on something else. When I say kids are walking germs, I I mean it with my heart and soul. They are walking germs. And what confuses me, though, is because we, you would think if a kid had used their hands instead of toilet paper and walked out of the bathroom and did other things, somebody would have seen them with poopy hands. Nobody saw a kid with poopy hands, so I have no idea where this kid went, who this kid was. I, like... I, I don't know how they got it off unless they just smeared it all down the wall and that's where it went. But I feel like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'm just trying to think, like, if they're smearing it along the walls, would you follow the wall to where... Yeah, but then it stopped. There was just a poopy handprint on a door that left and then that was it. I, I have no words. <laughs> yeah, okay. Moving on to some wholesome stories. Those are some of my favorite horror ones, just because that doesn't sound real. But part of me wishes I had taken a picture, just, but I, I was so horrified. I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Anyways. I think the same year as the poopy bathroom issue, that, those were day camps, so switched to overnights later in the summer. We had 11 and 12-year-olds. There's this one girl who was afraid of the dark. There's this one camper who was afraid of the dark and wanted to sleep with the room light on all the time. A, that's disruptive to everyone else in the room. B, that's a lot of power. So I convinced her to use her little flashlight. Mm -hmm. And so she used the flashlight, and it was fine. Everyone goes to bed, and then at about 2 a.m., somebody gets out of bed and turns the light back on. It was her, and I was like, what about your flashlight? (laughs) Anyways, we work on sleeping in the dark over the week, and she does it, and she does well. And so then the weekends, and the camper goes to go home. And she's sad, and a lot of kids are sad after leaving camp because, oh, I made friends, and I don't want to leave, and it's a fun time, and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so she starts crying, and like Kelly said, you aren't allowed to touch the kids, like you can't offer anything like that. And so she's crying, and I'm just, I don't know what to do with with people who are crying anyways, but then when a kid starts crying, I'm just, there, there, it's okay. And I'm asking her, like, can you tell me, like, why you're crying? And what about leaving camp is making you sad? Because she was going to be like, I miss my friends. And I'll be like, well, maybe you'll see them next year. Like, you have friends at home. Like, I was trying to distract from the sadness. And she said this stuff, like, oh, it's so much fun here. I don't want to go. And then she also says, I have to sleep in the dark at home. And, 
and you won't be there <laughs> to like talk to me about sleeping in the dark and i was just like oh oh <laughs> I explained, like, oh, there are people at home who love you and that they can help you. And she's like, but it's still dark. <laughs> yeah. Another one years prior, again, overnight camp. A majority of my time counseling, I did overnight camps. Those are my personal favorites. Mm. You get to spend more time with the kids. You get to do bigger scale games and stuff like that. So, yeah, my favorites. And there's this kid on my team that I was counseling and he did not like me oh. at the beginning of the week. He just like, I don't like you. Or he didn't say that, but that's the vibe that I got. And I was like, no, it's fine. You don't always have to like everybody. It's fine. And as the week progressed, his favorite was my co-counselor. And I was like, it's fine. The kid is allowed to have favorites. And then I guess he related to something about my life story because I did end up disclosing to the team that I was adopted and like all of these different things about my myself personally and I think he really related to that because after I'd shared that he was like you know what you're not that bad <laughs> <laughs> and I do I do think he was mixed so I think he related to being halfway one thing and halfway something else and at the end of the week everyone's packing up and saying goodbye and this kid is like across the field and sees me and starts charging me and I was like okay okay, we're, we're going to get bowled <laughs> over by like an 11 year It's fine. And he like dead stops right in front of me. And his mom is right behind them chasing them because they're like, what has overcome my child to charge at this person halfway across the field? <laughs> and he stops really close to me with her arms up and go, wait, can I hug you? And I was like, uh, if, if you want me, if you want to, sure. And he's like, well, I want to hug you. And I was like, okay <laughs> but like you can't initiate things as a counselor yeah but you can reciprocate if they hug you so then they hugged me and then the mom was like oh okay my kid wasn't trying to kill somebody or no it's just they wanted to say bye <laughs> oh that's cute and then they were like thanks for making this week meaningful Aww. and and then the mom had said thanks as well and it, yeah it was it was wholesome it, it scared me but <laughs> That's cute. I'm sure we have many more kid horror and wholesome stories. Kids are a time and a half. <laughs> they are. But I think we'll move on to some horror stories with our peers or people who were our age. Yes. Yeah, speaking of peers, if you thought kids were horrible, man, the people in your bubble. I mean, some aren't that bad, but you know, there's there are always a couple questionable apples. I'm going to dive into some horror. And I mean, to some people, these might not be super horror, but like to me, it was a, it was a time. Mm -hmm. One thing that really stands out was during the whole volunteering experience, I had a partner and we didn't really have much of a busy section at the place within the hospital that we were volunteering at. We were kind of just coloring by ourselves or we had a kid to color with and then they left and so we were just vibing. And you know, as one does when you are with a new person that you might be spending some time with, you have some small talk. Mm -hmm. And they were talking to me about how after they're done volunteering, they go to their part-time job and this is their first part-time job. I'm like, oh, cool. Where do you work at? And they work at Purdy's, which is like a chocolate ice cream place. And so for their training, they do the ergonomics because, you know, you can get into some real trouble if your wrists 
and joints and everything just start doing bad things because you didn't do your ergonomic stretches. Yep. Uh, she was explaining to me about like all of these different exercises that they do every day. And then she's like, this information is so useful. I'm like, yeah, because it's great that you don't get injured on the job. It's important that they have that training. She's like, yeah, wrist health. But you know what else it's good for? And I was thinking, oh, what, what, like writing? What else is it good for? Tunnel? Like, yeah, like writing. Yeah, carpal. You don't want carpal tunnel. And then she goes into a lot more detail about how she's been practicing doing all of her ergonomic exercise routine before she gives her boyfriend a hand job. Mm, yeah, and yeah. just to give context, I'm just, you know, talking to my volunteer partner. I'm just coloring at a children's hospital where there are patients and parents, you know, in the peripheries. And this girl starts going into deep detail about the whole hand job situation. And I try to keep composed as Kelly does. I try to keep composed, but you can kind of see it in my face that I'm feeling a mm -hmm. tad bit uncomfortable. So she keeps going on and on about how like this, she shows me a certain type oh. of move is, and I'm like, I, this goes on for at least like a good like two three, like you know within like a couple seconds you should be able to tell someone's not feeling comfy yeah no this conversation goes on with a good like two three four maybe almost five minutes of her explaining the whole situation and how like she gets excited to see her boyfriend on these days because that's when they and you know her shifts and it just it works out it works out and i'm just nodding because what else do you do <laughs> I can't just be like, yeah, me too, man, bro. Or like, you you want to give me your tips? Like, what? 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 Yeah, I just, I, I'm just trying to color. That's a bit much. I would, it, yeah. It is. And then after several minutes, she finally noticed my discomfort. She's like, oh, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. I'm so sorry. Are you like super Catholic or something? Like, d is this like, is this weird? And I'm like, um, I just, I just didn't know that this is where the conversation would be going. And there are kids around? Yeah. But for the record, she's like, not gonna lie, she's like amazing with kids. Okay. And she does want to be like a child, like youth helper. And like, that's the reason why she was volunteering in the first place, because she had like a great experience with them. Mm -hmm. And she wants to bring that forward. And I think she'll do great. It's just, there's a time and place for certain conversations. And even though the time and place was with a certain degree of distance from anyone hearing, it's just the fact that we're still in the big space in general. And I just, I didn't expect going into that afternoon hearing about how a girl does her hand job on her boyfriend and i mean like i hope things are going well i hope that i hope that they had a great time but did i need to know that no and the lesson i've learned from that is that it's good to do ergonomics for whatever situation and you never know where it can be used but it's it's good to implement and consider yeah knowledge can be applied in different contexts yep do you have any horror stories with your peers <laughs> kind of well yes everyone i don't <laughs> i lived away from home for university and so i lived in an apartment with four other people good time um and we sectioned off parts of the fridge for like okay this is like my shelf so my my stuff is here and whatever before we got to the point of sharing groceries because we're like okay this is this is excessive our fifth roommate was just a random someone we didn't know they were friendly <laughs> but we didn't do tons with them. We did share the fridge space, though, obviously. So one day, there's a funky smell in the fridge. No. What's with you and sm <laughs> smell? Yeah. And 
of my four friends, I'm the only one who can smell it. And I think I'm losing my mind. I'm like, okay, what, what is, what is this smell? So I go through the fridge and there's nothing in the fridge that's going off. There's nothing spilling. There's nothing leaking. I'm like, okay, it's just in your head. It's just in your head. Leave it alone. (laughs) Week goes by and it's, it's getting worse. One of my friends starts to smell it too. And they're like, oh, I, I can smell it now. And it's starting to make our food taste like that smell. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. Like, that's why I don't keep my water bread in the fridge anymore, because it's starting to taste like the fridge smell. And our two other roommates, no idea, no, no problem with the smell or anything. Another week goes by, and I am losing it. Everything smells like this as soon as I walk into the apartment. That's, it's been three weeks. Three weeks? <laughs> like, I'm losing it. I am like, I have to turn this place upside down, figure out where this smell is coming from. So I open the fridge, I go through the freezer, I go through everything, and I cannot find the source of this smell. Then I finally go, okay, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going through our fifth roommate stuff because I have no idea what this is. I'm going through their stuff and it's run-of-the-mill. Here are some potatoes, here's like a pasta sauce jar. All that was fine. At the very bottom of their stuff, there was something blue and fuzzy in an open container. It was a tomato. Tomatoes are red! put gloves on and I picked it up and it was the source of the gross fridge smell. It was a tomato that they had forgotten about and was growing things. And I pull it out of the fridge and I show my other roommates and they're disgusted. And the two that couldn't smell it before, they're like, oh yeah, I can smell that now. And I was like, it hasn't been tainting the... (laughs) I hope you can smell it. It's in front of your face. Yeah, so got rid of the blue tomato and deep cleansed the fridge and it went back to normal. But or fifth roommate had just forgotten it was there, I guess, and because most people couldn't smell it. I, I just, it wasn't malicious intent or anything. I was just, don't forget what produce you have in the fridge. Use it before you get a blute. Dude, I'm so sorry. I'm noticing a theme with your... <laughs> did you take a picture of it? No. Oh. I know, I should have. Wait, so what did that roommate say then? Or, like, did they... Did you guys discuss the whole, like, hey? Oh, yeah. They were just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot that I had produce in there, and I I couldn't smell it, and it was at the bottom of my drawer and whatever. And the rest of us, we were a bit annoyed because, like, just remember what food you have in in the fridge, but it never happened again. So we were like, honest mistake. It was just, it drove me nuts. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Three weeks. Jeez. Oh, and then, so there are certain foods that you keep in, like, staples. Like, we would go home over the summer, but you would leave non-perishable foods in the fridge because it's fine. It wouldn't go off. So we did the same thing with butter. We had an unopened piece of butter, and we left it in the fridge because some people came and went from the apartment. So if anyone wanted butter, it was there. So I come back after the summer break, and I open the fridge, and I'm like, okay, cool. We left this butter. I don't have to go buy some more butter. So I open the butter, cut a piece of butter off, go to put it on my potato. It tastes like fridge smell no (laughs) it tastes like fridge smell from all those months ago and i was like absolutely not that that is going out please never again if your mom tells you to wrap food separately because food will take on the smell of the other things around it believe her just wrap your food got it yeah you were saying something before this would you like to share so yeah speaking about the whole university life yeah People be wild in, and I mean, it makes sense. You're away from home, you're living it up. 
where we are in Canada, there's only a certain amount of time when the weather is enjoyable enough to actually, you know, feel good and enjoy the outdoors. So for those who aren't familiar with this concept, there's this thing called homecoming. The term rings a different bell depending on where you go. I know that some people just, they think of homecoming as the dance. Some people think of homecoming as in like the whole football game situation. And homecoming is like literally everyone's coming back home and celebrating. In this area, homecoming is just a huge block party where several neighborhoods are just destroyed with people mm -hmm. drunk and doing things. And I mean... Is it disruptive? Yes. Is it enjoyable? To some people, yeah. I I did technically participate. I I just walked. I, you know, I got my steps in. I, I wore my school yeah. clothing like all the other people. And it was, you know, I made use of my clothes and got some sunlight. It was a nice day that day. Mm -hmm. I had a fun, fine time. Not, not everyone did. When you do have masses of students destroying the streets, you know, you start seeing neighbors' lawns being kind of torn apart you'll see people making pancakes outside their house yeah and beer pong with multiple 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 teams and i mean like it, a lot of it is all in good fun and to some degree a lot of there there is a good chunk of people who do do it safely and in that case you know what it's fine as long as things are done safely and you're not destroying property on the other hand you do see things you you smell things you hear things that you don't norm you you shouldn't normally sense the homecoming that I did go out at. Someone got trampled by a horse. Uh, are they okay? I think so. I don't think they were a student at my school, but the city horses were. It was a whole thing. People were frustrated because it's like, why why would you let a horse step? Like, how do you? That's crazy. I think they're okay. Okay, I think. Cool. cool. Um, but it definitely got on six buzz, and a lot of people did talk about it. And there were other instances of people destroying. There was some people drank out of like the the roof drainage thing. The gutters, the rain. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I know you can just like it's like funneling to the extreme, but I mean, oh. uh, uh. squirrels and raccoons and everything climb on that, in that, do what. Yeah, I don't think that's the first thing that comes to mind when they're, yeah. I think for the most part that year was fine. I know in other years, cars were destroyed, people were hurt. Somebody set a couch on fire at my university, so yep. Yeah. Honestly, like I don't really care what someone does with their own stuff. If you want to destroy your own thing for fun, sure. But when you destroy other people's property or like there are families who also live mm -hmm. in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and you're annoying them, that's when I'm like, guys, is it... Like, not to be a stickler or a negative Nancy, but just don't bother people's stuff. But other than that, I had a good time. Like, I I love the sun. I, I love just, like, being out with my school clothes and just, like, seeing so many people. It's just when it gets too crowded, I'm like, wait, we're being squishy. I don't like it's, being too squishy. too much. Yeah. Homecoming. <laughs> Do you have any other horror stories? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm going to try to stay as neutral and beige as possible without throwing shade. I had a group project in second year, and there were four or five of us in the group, and we had sectioned off different parts to write. So we reconvened and went over everything that everybody wrote to make sure everything flowed well together and it all made sense. We were all reading over different stuff. I am not white presenting, obviously, because I'm not white. But my name is very white, including my last name. 
And I know you can't make assumptions based on anything like that, but usually people would assume I am mixed. One of my group members at the end of said meeting of going over everything, they go, oh, that was like, your part was really good. Nice. I was like, okay, th thanks. Like I thought everybody's part was good or it was fine. Like we submitted it, so I hope it's good. And they go, no, like, it was good, like, it made sense English-wise, and, like, you can write. So next time we'll give you a harder part, because what you write makes sense. And I was just, I didn't know what to do with that information. And this kind of racist. <laughs> <laughs> and the other, um, one of the other people of color in the group, we just exchanged a glance and looked at each other. We were like, I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. The person who said that to me goes, oh, I just wasn't sure if your English would be strong enough to write things that made sense. So we gave you a lesser part that would have been easy to fix or go over in case it didn't make sense. But n because you're fine, next time we can give you, you know, more. What? And I just, I said, okay, thanks. Sounds and I walked away before I, yeah, um, the person is very nice, very helpful, and very smart. And I actually did end up working with them in later classes on different group projects and never had another issue like that again. But it was just that mindset where I was that assumption. I, I don't, I had spoken to them before. I can speak coherently and you understand me and I don't have an accent. But even if I had an accent, that doesn't mean I'm incapable of writing. Mm -hmm. I was gobsmacked. I, just, I didn't know what to do with that. And I don't think the person intended it to be taken as an insult or whatever. I think they were just being honest and and ignorant <laughs> and i was kind of just like okay cool moving on <laughs> that that is it for horror stories or mishaps from peers but horror things aside do you have some you know feel good stories feel good man when was the last time i felt good <laughs> mm. i'm going to categorize wholesome as to either a small ting mm -hmm. or big ting. The small things are, honestly, anytime someone says hi to me, assuming I, I'm not depressed, yo, it's wonderful. Because my vision isn't that great. And sometimes I'm just, I'm just walking. I'm... But the second someone's just like, hey, Kelly. And I'm like, wait, someone, someone wants to talk to me. S someone recognizes me. Someone saw me. Someone actually wanted to greet me. It's like those things that make me feel warm and fuzzy. And it's such a small thing just to say hi to someone, but it's just like, damn, you actually, like, I'm I'm worth saying hi to. Because you know how sometimes you see people and it's just like, should I say hi? Nah, it's okay. I'm just going to let them pass. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't let me pass. They, <laughs> they said, said hi. hi. That's nice. Yeah. When I think about school in general and how many opportunities there are to have those casual conversations or interactions of sorts, and that's what the pandemic eliminated a lot of, you know, the people that you would see at a certain club's event three times a year or like mm -hmm. that one person that you know is in your program that you spoke to twice and they made that really funny joke not that you're close or anything but the fact that you see them it's just like hey it's that guy when you don't have that sense of a regular schedule to interact with people it just it feels so much more dead and so I really value all of those small moments when you see like the shy kid who came out again because they still want to like participate in stuff or mm -hmm. back in the days when you have your lunch table buddies you know you might not even have anything to say aside from gossip because you're all in different classes but when you come together at lunchtime bro 
the lunchtime stuff, or even being invited to birthday parties. <laughs> that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. And again, with the whole connections and stuff, there are people who were like in your life for a moment or like in your life for a semester, but it felt really special, even though you don't really talk to them anymore. You might not ever see them again. Those are the good wholesome times with my peers. And I really mm -hmm. do value any chance that I get to speak to someone or bond with them, even if it was for that one group project or that one year with that one extracurricular. <laughs> yeah. Good times, good times. Do you have any wholesome experiences? No. <laughs> oh, shoot. Damn. Okay. Thank you for tuning into The Glass Chest. You can find us on Instagram at The Glass Chest. I'm kidding. Ting. I'm kidding. When I was coming up with moments that I deemed wholesome from this, I excluded memories that I have with friends and people who are close to me in real life because presumably you'll have good times with your friends and certain family members and stuff. I went more so with almost strangers or like a degree of separation wholesome moments because those people didn't have to do nice things or whatever but I don't know it was something that made my day brighter. That's where these are coming from. Two just quick ones. One, I was at Chapters buying a book and there's a long queue and I wasn't in a rush I was having a good time but a worker saw that there was a long queue and opened the queue to like check it sounds stupid when I say check me out because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, to ring in to process my order mm -hmm. payment, whatever. And yeah, I just, I was just like, oh, that was, that was really nice. Aww. And then another one, I don't remember where I was going, but I was walking somewhere. And you know, when you meet people walking into a place, but they're walking out, like someone will hold the door yeah. sometimes. And it's, it's just a nice thing you do. So I'm walking into this place and there are two guys walking out and the doors open like inwards so the inwards towards mm. them and they both open the door and i get a double Aww, door entrance what a princess <laughs> and they're and they were just like after you and i was like oh thanks it was just i think it was a mistake like i don't think they knew that their friend was also gonna open the door so then they both opened the door and they're like oh and i was like oh but yeah well, we love people who are kind and know how to open doors yeah do you have any more in-depth awesome peer stories um, in-depth, wholesome. I dabbled in a couple extracurriculars here and there, and mm -hmm. those were the moments I felt the most alive. Also the most stressed, not gonna lie. It is stressful. It is, because you're not being graded on it, but it's like you feel like you have to put in a lot of effort, and it's just like, damn, yeah. where's this effort even going? But, but, there were some good moments, and there were some lovely people. I'm gonna mention a couple of them. In high school, I participated in a leadership retreat. Mm -hmm. If you went to our high school, if you know, you know. And if you're from the region, if you know, you, you know. know. It's, it's, it's a questionable <laughs> retreat, supposedly. <laughs> but for the sake of this podcast and for protecting identities and stuff, I'm just going to say it's a leadership retreat because, I mean, that's what it is. It is, yeah. Yeah. So the way it operates is that uh, students attend this retreat to learn about different leadership skills. And it is, a, I believe it was a three day, two night situation. So yeah, there you have like a couple people from, I think it was like four ish high schools. Um, so you're meeting new people. You also get to stay in like um, a little room with your partner um, and you get to do group activities. You get you have free time. The food there was so great. It was, it was oh. a good time. Yeah. I wasn't expecting the food to be good. Often it's not. No, the food was good. Like wow. I, we were all excited to eat. Yeah, 
They had like this bacon wrapped potato situation. And- Fancy. Yeah, right? At the time when I did attend the retreat, I was a new student, so I didn't really have friends there. Aww. I'm just gonna be honest, it's not like I really make close friends coming out of it, but... but. For those few days that I was there, it was really interesting to hear everyone's story and stuff. In high school, I did have like certain groups of, I would say like close friends or friends. But just with the way high school runs, I don't think you really get to know someone in depth until it's mm-hmm. the late hours of the night. And you don't normally spend late hours of the night with your high school friends because you see them in the day. You might hang out with them after school, but then you guys go home after. Yeah, but Because we were in a space together overnight for a couple nights. And with the way the conversations were facilitated, people open up about some deep stuff. And it's crazy because you see all these students just walking around in high school, just doing their own thing. And it's like, that was the first time it really hit me that everyone has a story mm-hmm. and that you shouldn't judge them based on how they carry themselves. Because behind that, they're just trying to keep it together. And a lot of people do a really good job of keeping it together, even if though they might say, oh, yeah, I'm stressed. It's tough. Uh, you know, I'm just going through it or whatever, but some people really be going through it. Yeah. And it's sad because you kind of think about all of these years of, you know, being beside so-and-so in class and they're just, they're just vibing or like you see them at lunchtime, they all look at them, they're laughing with their friends, but it's like, you don't know the type of stuff people go through until you actually have those conversations. One of the things I learned from the retreat that really stood out to me is that whenever, so- whenever someone speaks, look at them with soft eyes. I mean, like, you can't really, like, control your eyes to be soft. But, like, you you feel, you feel it in your face when you're looking at someone sincerely. And yeah. it really taught me the value of just being there for people or allowing them to have the space to vocalize stuff because you really do not know what goes on in someone's head until mm-hmm. they're given the space to let that go. So, yeah. Not close with anyone there, but I hope they're all doing good. <laughs> or doing better than how things were back then. Positive interaction nonetheless, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was a really wholesome time. Um, The two organizations that really stood out to me during my time in undergrad was my orientation group. Um, So when incoming freshmen, first year students come in, there normally is some sort of orientation process that's like, whoa, there's just a lot of activities and stuff. So that was great. And I was also part of my cultural organization for several years. And it's interesting how much can happen in a long amount of time and in a short amount of time Mm -hmm. because during orientation week it's that week where you don't have any assignments because school hasn't started yet the weather some people don't like how hot and sunny it is but as a summer fanatic i just i bro that was the most alive i felt (laughs) i don't like it but i'm glad you do (laughs) literally the last time i was happy i can pinpoint it it was back in 2019 because the sun was good my skin was so nice back then (laughs) with that orientation week you work with other reps to ease first year students in and the wholesome parts that come out of it is the bonds that you make with the incoming first years and the bonds that you make with other reps and it's interesting because the group that i was with was for off-campus and commuter students and so it wasn't set with a certain faculty in which i was just with a bunch of peers who were in similar programs with me i was meeting people of all different types of programs and I'm like damn okay engineering cool. okay commerce that must be nice and it's great because like there are all of these people that you don't normally get the chance to interact with because university is so 
big and you don't really meet people outside of your program unless you're in some sort of organization that allows you to interact with them. Mm-hmm. And with the way orientation, welcome week, whatever whatever your school calls it, <laughs> there are so many activities that can suit so many different needs whether you need like a low energy activity like painting rocks or maybe you want to show your talent at the coffee house or maybe you want to do a physical activity and there's like this big sport game there's just so many room so so many rooms there's just so much room to really just dabble in things that weren't academic and it just Mm -hmm. felt so good to interact with people in such a collaborative space and bring out different sides of you that you don't normally bring out during the school year with the way things are structured like I was having inside jokes with every single like I had a different joke for each person and I could think of like yo that's our thing and like we've only been bonding for a couple days but bro that's wholesome we're friends are you still friends with them now um there's a lot of people who I would like to hit up and like the thing was is that we were a lot of us were supposed to get food after but i mean like trying to ease into the school year so i figured like things would be okay and then it gets busy and then people forget and then covid and so yeah (sighs) yeah but i mean there are definitely some really wonderful people and it's it's kind of the whole situation where if i saw you i would definitely have a conversation with you there are some people who i kind of want to slide into their dms and ask if they want to eat but i don't know if that's weird or not i mean just do it just do it what do you have to lose my dignity or i guess them leaving you undelivered but yeah. yeah, or red. Isn't delivered feels worse though? They didn't even acknowledge it. I don't know what's worse. I, but yeah, uh, welcome week was great. Oh, and also with the first years, it's on one hand, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's a bunch of other people filling up a school and I'm not going to have library space. But when you're working with the same group of people over the span of a week, you start to see familiar faces who attend more of the events and stuff. And you start seeing people break out of their shell and get comfy. And it's the most rewarding feeling to see someone who is shy or who's like on the side. And if you just get to know them and talk to them and hear about their story, they're just like, yeah, I'm like this. And none of my friends went to this university. So it's just me. And like, if you stick around with them long enough and say, hey, maybe we we can join this. And I remember there was this one student in particular, um, who was more on the Shire end and she was explaining about how a lot of her friends, they all kind of went to another school and she felt lonely going in because she knows no one at Mm -hmm. the school. And so I would try to ease her into certain other activities with the other reps and say like, hey guys, so I have so-and-so here. I was wondering if you have extra space to play because we were trying to figure out what to do. And they're always just like, yeah, of course, come in. And so we play with them and it's it's just so nice to see people kind of come together and then you start seeing them together mm-hmm. at more events and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she made a friend! <laughs> it feels really nice. And to see people who mention how nervous they feel coming into the school because I mean it is a huge step to go from you know maybe your hometown was like super far away or it was out of province or like this is your first time leaving your parents or you're in a different country and with working with the off-campus and commuter students it's the hardest for them because of res life you're really integrated with all of your peers mm-hmm. there and there's this big concern with off-campus and commuter students like how am I supposed to make friends if I have to go home yeah. and I mean I felt that which is why I wanted to do that position and so hearing students saying like yo guys I was so scared to come in but bro I met I met my best friend over here so shout out to this guy and that makes it worth it yeah 
and like they feel as though they do even just within a couple days they found their place at a place that i feel at home at, and i'm glad that they feel at home there too also it brings out my extroverted side and my extroverted side is my happier side so bro i just oh god i felt like my happier version in those spaces the better version the better version yeah. of me yeah wow also it's just fun to like yell out stupid stuff because like when else do you get to cheer stupid things you can't really do that without looking kind of weird but there who cares <laughs> speaking about yelling things mm. uh, there are staple chants that you do for a week in frosh week and stuff like that right yeah yeah my school had some staple chants too and one or two of them are songs that we would sing with the little kids at camp oh and i just when i first heard them i was like oh my gosh frosh week a week is literally just summer camp on drugs literally and metaphorically with a bunch of old people yeah. but like that's what makes it fun <laughs> yeah. what type of chance do, I mean, you don't have to include this but what chance do you have um we had the I, I don't know the name of the chant but like as the leaders you say like hey blue mm -hmm. and they say hey what hey blue hey what show, show me, me how, how you to get, get down, down. Oh, wait. show me how, how to get down, down. okay D and then like you, you spell it out yeah but that's a thing we do with the six-year-olds at camp bro i love doing like it just <laughs> Ah, oh, it gets me so hyped. <laughs> that one, that one is fun, and obviously when the kids do it, it's a lot more fun, and they just wiggle. And then when teenagers, young adults do it, it gets a bit more not safe for work. But, <laughs> but it was still, I don't know, it was just cool to see that those things were still the same. Oh man, I love that. It's so funny too. Like one day, can we just like randomly yell out the whole, "Hey Katrina, hey what? Hey Katrina, hey what?" <laughs> Show me how you get down. No way. Show me how you get down. Okay. <laughs> I love that chair. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have another one? A, a cheer or like no, another a, a wholesome. Oh, okay. Or or cheer. Yeah. Sorry. Just 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 give me more cheer. Give me an S. S. Give me a P. P. Give me an Orts. Orts. What's that spell? Oh, sports. Football. Oh. <laughs> Be stupid stuff like that. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Yeah, that's the reason why I was happy. <laughs> but yeah, aside from all the orientation welcome week stuff, another thing that kind of kept me grounded, but also kept me like hella stressed, but like <laughs> it was a good time, uh, was the cultural club that I was in. I think out of all the clubs, that was probably like my most consistent, longest commitments that I made throughout my undergrad. And I kind of went into it with the whole thought of like I'm not meeting anyone of my culture in my program I miss my people so I went in and they but they did camp games or like family party type of games I'm like this is nice this is wholesome this is like not school this is nice as the years went on I mean I got to be involved like on the executive level and I also got to be involved as a general member and so seeing both sides and seeing how particular planning is and how particular it is like organizing people. I got so many valuable skills off of that, like more than any other thing I've ever participated in. I can probably list off like dozens of skills I've gained from that. And my people skills have hopefully improved because I had a lot of people that I got to deal with. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was really nice because... Again, like a lot of those people were people who weren't in my program and I didn't have to see them on a regular basis. But because we all made that choice to see each other, you really get to know people on a deeper level. And with the last year of stuff happening online, I was hecking stressed. <laughs> yeah. 
because of school and because of that club my god <laughs> but it gave me some sense of sanity to realize that there are stuff beyond my room walls that you're still able to connect with people on a deeper level yeah and that there are people who are there for you even though they might not always seem like they're there they're there it's really nice and to do things that aren't academic yeah. you know? and so whether it's the culture that connects you or the trauma that connects you or the cultural trauma that connects you it was great it was a good it was a good time we had we had some jokes centered around the trauma we had some we had good times <laughs> that's good and trauma bonds it, it does it really does and i'm really thankful for that experience because i got to make bonds in a way that i didn't think was possible and i think those bonds are very meaningful and it taught me a lot and also there is free food uh, we love free food what about you just going off your point with clubs and extracurricular stuff i was also part of an extracurricular at school and we hosted a fundraiser for mental health to donate to cmha canadian mental health association and my roommate was actually a really big driving force to producing and pulling together that fundraiser so thankful for her um, <laughs> the support that came from the community not just people in my program people in other programs or even people external to the school was really meaningful to myself and also the cause for the fundraiser we did end up raising like $2,500 so Ooh. yeah I was I was really excited about that and it was just the way that everybody came together and shared things that was stressful but it was a good time another school thing there was another event associated with a class but still fundraising stuff mm -hmm. and if you won a tournament or part of something you would get raffle tickets to get entered for like uh, hockey tickets or basketball tickets and so by no skill of mine I was on a team that won something and I was like okay cool I guess I'll put like I'll put four tickets in the hockey and two in the basketball sorry I pay attention to hockey more than basketball yeah, I know you do. <laughs> and I go to leave and I'm like okay whatever it's, it's fine and somebody's yelling at me I'm overheating I'm sweating like a pig I need water I'm trying to leave I just want to go home and eat and I'm like yeah <laughs> and they're like you won and I was like oh I've never won like a raffle or anything like that like in my life and I was like oh what I win and they're like you won like Leafs tickets yeah were those the Leafs tickets that you were supposed to yeah yeah I, I actually have it. it I have the ticket it's sitting in the I know you can't see it but it's sitting in the cork board there but yeah, I have it. And I was like, oh, cool. And I got two tickets. So my roommate and I were going to go. And the game was set for March 12th. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who have keep been keeping track of stuff, March 12th was, I call it quarantine-aversary. Quarantine-aversary. Because that was the first time things started shutting down where we are because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So my roommate and I are en route to, to Toronto for the game and the NHL releases a statement that says we're shutting down because someone on the basketball team tested positive and we share locker rooms. And so <laughs> we didn't go to that game. 
<laughs> but uh, sorry, this was supposed to be a wholesome story, and it was wholesome because supporting fundraisers and uh, I won something for the first and maybe only time in my life. But yeah, and quarantine anniversary, which you know was kind of a cool way to mark things. But a canceled hockey, yeah, I just <sighs> it's fine. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, because we were safe, <laughs> and we ended up going to get dim sum anyways. So nice. Yeah, yeah. Backtracking way out of university here. I was in grade eight, and my school did like skating days mm-hmm. where they would take the classes to go skating sometimes. And so we went. And my dad came one time, and he was skating with me. And my dad's white. I'm not. <laughs> if you want to know why, you can check out episode five Upbringing. Or just go back to earlier, to an earlier part of this episode. I that said too, it then yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And this kid in the grade below me comes up to my friend and he's like yo 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 yo, who's that skating with katrina should we tell a teacher like who's that strange man and my friend goes that's her dad and and he was like oh wait okay but like she's safe and my friend was like yeah it's fine and he was like okay forget about it and obviously my friend told me later but that was just wholesome because i didn't know the person that well mm. but just the fact that they were watching out for my well-being yeah. it was yeah it was meaningful Aww. i was like oh that's nice and now on to our last age group the adults the um, older people that we've interacted with well not necessarily old but older old authority figure yeah not peers not kids the others old (laughs) okay i don't know about you but when i think of i still don't think we're adults (laughs) even though we are we've definitely been in the adult age for some time when i say adults i think that they're more adults than my peers (laughs) to me mentally i'm still about 20 21 which I'm not anymore, but yeah, it didn't feel like I've aged to the point of this level of adulting. I, I don't know. Yeah, my friend said that she still thinks we're all 16, and not gonna lie, I forgot that I've been legal for quite some time now. And globally legal as well. Yeah. Just putting this out there for me, at least, with all the age groups, there are horror and wholesome stories. There are many that we could have talked about, and we chose some of our favorites. And specifically with this age group, there are other wholesome ones, and there are also many other horror ones that I haven't included. So bad. Why are adults like this? <laughs> so just keeping in perspective that there are better and worse things out there, this is just a story time. Yes. Would you like to start us off, Kelly? Sure. How are you feeling? More horror or wholesome? <laughs> Horror-some. Horror- Damn, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get the bad stuff out of the way. The first thing that comes to mind is work. So to anyone who's ever had a job of sorts, you either work for adults or work with adults. I've been in the customer service industry. I worked at a Chinese buffet restaurant. I feel like that in itself, or if you know, you know. <laughs> when people are hungry, they're mad. And when tables aren't available, they're mad. And everyone's just mad. You're just like a something teen or like an early 20 year old just trying to, you know, just trying to get minimum wage. Like it's just, 
all this for minimum wage. Adults really be doing the most to make younger people feel bad just because they're hungry. Anyway, two things that really stood out is that there's a certain protocol that employees have to follow with certain things that they have to say, certain things that they have to do, as with all workplaces. And the thing is, it's part of it for the work culture and partly because you can get assessed on it. If you don't say certain things or if you don't do certain things, you and your restaurant lose points. And obviously you don't want to be that guy who loses points, so you follow everything to a T. I remember bringing in this I worked as a hostess, so I would bring customers in and sort out their tables and stuff and like create a welcoming ambiance. Part of that had to do with the whole, hi, welcome to this restaurant. I'm Kelly and I will be your hostess for today. Have you been here before? So here's everything. And this guy looked me dead in the face, just like, why are you so happy? Oh. And I'm like, because I'm so happy to have you here. Like, you, you have to put on your, like, customer service voice. And it's like, buddy, I'm just trying to do my job. I'm just trying to get my couple dollars because it's going to be expensive. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, do you really think I'm happy? Do you really think I'm happy? <laughs> like, what do you do in that instance? And a, a regular customer would just, like, nod along with everything until they're seated and then they go off on their business. But it's like, if you're questioning my job, what do you get out of that? And then speaking of that job, there was this other time I was bringing in a customer who was attending a birthday party, I think. That their room couldn't handle all of the people there, so that you kind of had to bring people in slowly and also just to like sort out the whole congestion that's happening within the restaurant. And so like I told them that they just had to like wait a few minutes and by a few minutes, I literally mean like two, three minutes just because they were cleaning a table so that way they can add that to the party room. And so I'm bringing this lady in and I'm doing my whole spiel about like, hi, I'm Kelly. I'm happy to be your hostess for today. And she's like, I don't care about your name. Oh. And like, I have to say my name because you get points for that. So I always say my name. And for her to say, I don't care about your name. Bro, I don't care about my name either, but you don't have to tell me that. Like, I just... And I mean, customers don't necessarily make me feel sad because I just know that they're stupid. But it's another thing when management makes you feel bad. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to be stupid. Yeah. Adding on to the whole horrors of customer service jobs, when your management gets angry at you and you're just trying to be a good noodle, mm. but they, <laughs> they make you think you're a bad noodle, it's tough. But then I also have to realize, you know what, maybe management is stupid. So... It's fine. I'll just deal with the pain. Stupid management, <laughs> stupid customers. How long did you work there? Um, I think two and a half years. That's a, that's a significant amount of time. Yeah. It was a bit on and off just because of school. But like I did work part time for like a good chunk of time before the whole on and off situation. Mm. And I'm thankful for that experience. So it, was a, it was actually an easy job. It's just the fact that you just had to not cry and like yeah. you you get numb to it and you just i think recognizing that adults are stupid just helps you get by the shift yeah <laughs> fair do you have any horror stories i've actually i've never actually worked customer service stuff most of my work has been with kids or with people my age and not necessarily with the general population or i, I guess i've worked with the elderly as well but and they're mm. they're a different level of lots of things but yeah, I've never directly had the adult people, dinner rush people getting like anger about that. On the other side of things, as a person in the restaurant watching something happen to someone's working there, it's also 
it's such a, it's such an awkward position for everyone when you're just listening. I was in high school and my family and I were it was winter and we were on like a weekend like away and we were in a restaurant and there's this gentleman and I think his family or his kid or maybe his nephew and I guess he was dissatisfied with the customer service or the food or something about what was going on and he started yelling he didn't hurt anyone but they were they were he was getting like physically aggressive like you know when when you're not involved in the situation but you're aware of it and you're just kind of like I'm not paying attention but I am because I'm kind of scared for other people's safety mm-hmm. that he ended up storming out and the waitress looked visibly shook and he just left his family inside oh shoot what the heck <laughs> The rest of the customers, nobody was making eye contact with what was going on because we're like not our business, but like we're aware. And so the guy's kid comes up to a bunch of tables that were right neighboring the table that they were sitting at. And he just apologized. He was like, I'm sorry on his behalf. And the intention was not to ruin your meal or your night out. Have a good evening. And I was just, (laughs) I felt so bad. It's not the kid's responsibility the way the his family figure or whoever that was acted. And mm-hmm. it just, it wasn't a good time for the waitress or any of the employees or anyone listening. And I, I don't know, no one knows the background of that situation. Yeah. It feels like so much of our lives we're taught you respect authority figures, you respect people, like you say please and thank you and all these things when you're growing up. And then all of a sudden people become adults and there's no one telling them to do that. And it's like they forget manners or something. They just think they're the top tier whatever how old was the kid um like 15 damn yeah oh and i just i felt bad for everyone there and everyone just felt bad all around and i just oh <sighs> hope yeah. that kid's okay i know we were like thinking of you man i hope you're okay <laughs> i hope you're in a safe space but yeah. yeah also in high school i had a teacher early in my high school career High school, I did not enjoy high school. It wasn't really a good time. Don't really aspire to go back. That's fair. <laughs> there was one day the teacher put on one of those movies. Like, just, here's an educational movie because kids are going to, quote, quote, learn from said movie. Mm-hmm. And nobody paid attention. And I happened to put my head down on the desk because it was fourth period. I was tired and I just, I didn't want to be there. I was just like, okay. Mm-hmm. There's a movie on. I can just tune out now. So class ends and the teacher calls me and holds me back after class and is like, I want to talk. And I was like, shoot, did I fail a test? It's too early in my high school career to be failing a class. What is going on? And they just go, you know, it's really rude to sleep in someone's class. I'm putting in all this effort to teach you things and you put your head down when you should be learning things. And like they started swearing at me and oh, as, shoot. yeah and as a you're just a bean younger individual in high school i was kind of i was a that's not where i thought this conversation was going b i get i'm your student but that's rude c i don't need this from you i already don't want to be here when they finally stopped borderline yelling at me i just nodded and say okay thanks bye <laughs> and walked out and i think I never had them as a teacher again, so it was fine. But I I do think they thought I was suicidal or something. And if I was, that's not the way you deal with someone who's having a bit of a rough time at that moment. Yeah. And that was a strange experience early in high school. (laughs) I have one more. Yeah, go for it. Sorry. 
adults are horrible <laughs> people are people can be horrible um my parents split when i was uh, 12 or 13 it wasn't pleasant for anyone involved, like directly involved or indirectly with extended family or friends or people just experiencing that. I genuinely don't care if they hear this, so somebody needs to vibe check you, like more than mm. 10 years later, but vibe checking you anyways. You shouldn't be trash talking people to their ex, period, but you definitely shouldn't be trash talking people when their kid is in the room. So I've had certain family members speak poorly of respective parents while my sister and I are in the room in, with no regard for whether or not and hear things or the fact that, you know, like, one of the people that you are talking about is still my parent. Yeah. I don't care if you have an issue with them. You don't get to just blatantly say they, they're a horrible human being. And if you truly believe that, why did you leave me in custody of said parent? I just... <laughs> There was just that level of disrespect where I was like, who do you think you are? When I was 12 or 13, I was just like, really? And you expect me to show up to these family events willing to talk? I'm over it now, but it still gobsmacks me that at the time that was okay. Yeah, that respect is free. It costs no effort to just even be silent about the matter. I don't, Yep. sorry you had to go through that, man. It's, we all have different things, right? And it's just, they all come as learning. Learning as ways you don't want to personally act as yourself in the future and learning about people that you want around you ongoing. Mm-hmm. Wholesome story. Wholesome. Sorry, sorry. Oh, wholesome, wholesome, <laughs> no, no, wholesome. No. Okay. <laughs> we got to cleanse the palate now true, or else true, I'm true. just going to keep getting angrier. <laughs> um, a couple of wholesome stories is that there were some positives of working because there are people who do appreciate you. It's good. Yeah. We had a couple of regular customers and there was this one guy in particular who would sometimes come in with his daughter who I figured out was my age, which was cool. He he knows all the managers and everything and he always compliments about like how great the customer service is and how great the managers are because they know him and stuff. And at the time that he was visiting frequently was also the time I was working frequently. He saw me a lot because I would bring him to his table and then it got to the point where he like, like I mean he knows my name because I have a name tag. Yeah. But like he eventually and you have to tell them your name. Yeah, and I have to tell them my name. But eventually he figured out like, oh, she's the girl who keeps running. <laughs> because in the summer there's a lot of people who come to the restaurant and like if it's lunch brunch ish time, you got a lot of people coming in. You gotta run. And you gotta run. And I mean I personally don't mind speed walking. I like being able to get people in there fast. Also, like the more I walk, the less I have to deal with the customer because I'm just busy bringing people in back and forth. So it's a good time for me if I'm walking. And so he would notice how fast I would bring people in, set everything up. And obviously I had to be nice because I get points for that. And so like he actually complimented my work ethic multiple times and he's just like like you're the you're the best hostess and because he came by frequently he would always say like you're so fast and I'm like thanks man cuz I hate everyone <laughs> but thank you yeah it's just it's nice when people recognize your work ethic and yeah that is nice it's feel good another time with okay my love language isn't words of affirmation unless it's about my work ethic. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, it'd be nice if people think I was funny, but I don't really care if people think I'm funny. I care more if people are just like, you did a good job. Like that, that will mm-hmm. make me break down. <laughs> and so 
with te- I mean obviously teachers assess your work because that's what teachers are supposed to do but when teachers recognize your work ethic like they'll like you because you're a good student but when they actually try to engage with a student like me who's normally quiet in class it makes me feel good I mean I'm a, I'm a good student because I get my work done and majority of the time I'm not dumb like I I definitely am dumb in certain ways, but not all all the time. Yes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but I am a pretty quiet student because I don't really like participating in class. And like, I'm not trying to charm any teachers because I'll just let my work do the thing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I really like it when teachers actually try to engage with me and not in the whole like, oh, let's get this kid mm-hmm. to talk. But it's more just like, you know what? This is a good kid. Let me just see what the, what they're about and stuff. There are certain teachers that I can think of that I'm like, who really made an impact on my life. And it just, it feels nice to have that validation from an adult because teachers try to push you to be the best you can be. And it's like, you see me doing that? Yeah, there are certain cool teachers who I felt like I can comfortably speak to. And there are certain teachers who I would still absolutely love the chance to speak to if it wasn't for a stupid COVID but I am very thankful to have had them during the times that I did and it just goes to show that you don't have to be the most charming person in the room and you don't have to be the loudest person in the room and you don't necessarily have to be the smartest person in the room but as long as you do good you will get the respect you deserve at some point (laughs) someone will eventually see you but it's it's nice when it comes from a teacher sometimes I'm gonna pass the wholesomeness back to you because I feel like yeah do you have any wholesome stories you talking about teachers reminded me of one from high school as well I had a recurring English teacher they taught me English and then writer's craft I took it as an extra English elective in high school because apparently I liked English apparently how was the course though (laughs) I really liked it it was on creative writing and developing your own voice and developing characters and storylines and plots and stuff. So Ooh. it was a really nice elective. It was a really nice break from back-to-back math and chemistry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Nice. They were typically known as a very difficult English teacher. Admittedly, it was. Their class was the first time I saw dips in English grades into like unacceptable marks where I was like, oh, this is new. Ooh. Yeah, in grade 11. That scared me a bit, but we did get there and we built a relationship. She took a liking to me, I suppose. You could tell who her favorites were based on who she chose to read in class. Ah. Yeah, so I was Lady Macbeth in Macbeth. You're blood on my hands, girl. Yes, I am. Damn. I've got the damn spot. (laughs) Anyways, they chose me to read as Lady Macbeth, who's not a huge character, but I, st- I still felt seen. I was like, wow. Aww. And they called me Sunshine, and I was like, wow. Sunshine. Yeah, I've never been a teacher's favorite before. I- but at the, end, at the end of the second class she taught me, the creative writing class, that class was smaller. There were maybe 10 or 12 of us. <laughs> so we had a lot more conversation and one-on-one time with everyone, and it was nice that way. And at the end of the semester, I finally asked her, what did you see in me? Without saying it that awkwardly, <laughs> because she had encouraged me to take this class. And she basically said, I saw myself in you when I was first starting as 
a student who A, read, and B, wrote a little bit before I was a teacher. You have a very strong and clear persuasive voice when you write. And yeah, it was just really encouraging. And I was like, wow, thanks. <laughs> I do believe they have since retired. And part of me is kind of sad now because I can't find them. So Yeah, find but, them on Facebook. <laughs> point. I haven't tried that. But you're just done teachers being wholesome. Mm. <laughs> Throwing it way back to I was six, maybe. My family was on vacation and we were at the airport. And this man approaches me and starts talking to me. And I'm six and I, clearly I didn't understand stranger danger because I just started talking back to him. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be... A famous musician. Why do they think you're gonna say like long lost uncle or something? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) no. Famous musician. He'd seen my mom, who is white, and so he had struck up a conversation because he recognized that she probably adopted us, and he had adopted girls from China a couple years after us. So it was just a really wholesome interaction, and he gave us free concert tickets and backstage passes for that night. Damn. Yeah, so... That I believe that was the first concert I ever was to. But yeah, it was, I don't know, it was really cool. How was the music? As a young child, I found it too loud. Oh. <laughs> the music's kind of a vibe now. It's very early, to mid-2000s, yeah, but it... Aww. And one more. <laughs> when I was working at camp in, not, not actually the oldest age group, the middle age group, I reported to three people above me we were in a meeting at one point we were trying to work out some technical issue Mm -hmm. and it was the three of them and just one of me my co was busy doing something else just at that moment two of them were talking over me and arguing and they kept asking questions but not waiting to actually hear the answer Mm -hmm. and I just kind of stood there and was like okay cool is there a point in me even being here the third person noticed and I guess visibly and palpably felt my frustration. They looked straight at me and said, I hear you. Thank you for your input. It was really nice. Oh, the validation. Yeah. And that person was also a man. So I was like, wow. And to get that valid, not that you need male validation, but as a woman in leadership, it's sometimes hard to get your point across to men. So the fact this guy had seen and heard me and pointed that out, I appreciated that. And the other two kept bickering. When they finally stopped to bicker, the third guy who had said, like, thank you to me, interjected and said to the two, maybe you should listen to her. She's directly involved in the work, you know? That's right! (laughs) And after a long week, a long frustrating week, that was really nice. Uh, To your point about famous people as you might have been able to tell in previous episodes or if this is your first time listening i am a huge like youtube fan and that whole asian american community back when wong fu was promoting yappy if you don't know what yappy mm-hmm. is it's a, a yuppie but asian if you don't know what a yuppie is urban dictionary it because i am not gonna explain it but basically it's tailored around the typical like young asian professionals so they had a showing of their stuff in Toronto back in 2018 and I attended that and like bro I was shaking because I'm like yo I see you guys on my screen all the time I eat my food with y'all and now you're there breathing and you know at the end of the day everyone's just a regular person but even if you're my friend and like 
I will hype you up the way I hype a famous person up because I'm just like, wow, you guys are existing and doing cool things in the world. And I just, ah. So I wrote like a card for the, the whole team, literally the, the day. Yo, to my friend who was there with me, yo, you know who you are. Thank you for dealing with me as I wrote that letter when we really could have been talking, but I procrastinated and I was focused on writing the letter. You know who you are. Thank you. <laughs> Um, so I was shaking when I was giving everything to them and thankfully like obviously they're super nice and we took pictures and it just felt really good to like say thank you to someone you appreciate. Mm -hmm. On top of that, Simu, I feel so bad because I feel like I'm not going to pronounce things correctly, but Simu was there for those who don't know, Simu Liu, the guy in Shang-Chi, he was a part of the thing and at the time I did know who he was was because I did hear of Kim's Convenience. I actually did watch a couple of his short videos that he um, directed or produced or whatever and acted in. And so I, I did know his work. I knew who he was. I just didn't really get to engage in his content the way a fan or like what my idea of a fan is. Um, but the day that he came with Wong Fu to Toronto, and he's also Canadian, so woo. Um, he was like making his rounds. He was making small talk with all the people waiting in line and he came to my group and he was talking to us and stuff and I'm like, okay, cool. It's just, it's just some guy. It's just some guy talking to us. Hi. And prior to entering the theater, when I was writing that letter, I was drinking a lot of tea because they had tea available and it tasted good. So I was drinking a lot of it. And so Simu was asking us, like, how are we? And I'm just like, not gonna lie, I'm really nervous because there's so many cool people here. And I really got to pee because that cafe next door to us, they had some really good tea. And I just, I, I am nervous and I am full of urine. And he's just like, yo, I get nervous too. <laughs> and I'm talking to this man about pee for like a good two minutes. You talked about pee with Shang-Chi. Yeah, I, I know that now. <laughs> And like, he's so nice, such a nice guy. Oh my gosh. Like if I were to meet him, I would, I would apologize. <laughs> Even though he probably doesn't remember that. But um, yeah, I was explaining my whole nervous pee situation and all of the other people were making small talk too. And the thing is, is that I really wanted to watch Kim's Convenience at the time. But at the time that they came to Toronto, I think I was at the end or just finished summer school. And summer school was like not a good time for me. I was doing orgo and like, dude, if you know, you know, I was not in the happiest state. So I was like, I'm going to watch Kim's Convenience at the end of August. So that would have been after he came. And the thing is, even before that, I already knew Simu's stuff. I just didn't feel like I was worthy enough to take a picture with him. A fan should take a picture with him. And I'm not a fan yet. Like, I don't want to take a picture with you just because you're famous, because you have time to... You're time should be allocated towards people who care about you more. I didn't want to be just some person who wastes your time. So I didn't take a picture with him, but I you had should've. a- I know! Like, so he got announced to be on Shang-Chi like a couple months after that whole incident. And I'm like, I really should have taken a picture with a Marvel superhero instead of talking yeah. about my bladder. It's okay. No, it's not. <laughs> Maybe you'll meet him again. I think about it literally every month as to like why I really should have just taken a picture like a normal person. I mean, that's kind of cool. You have the story. I do, but I don't have the picture to back it up. You should DM him and ask if he remembers. I just, I am still pissed. 
literally pissed <laughs> to this day because i mean i've seen like stock photos of him with like the the go bus stations mm-hmm. and stuff and so like i see him and i'm just like i like i i even cared about your work before other people cared about your work i just didn't think i was worthy enough so in conclusion take pictures with everyone no matter what yes at Simu, if you're listening to this, you know what? Like, I always wanted to be an actress. <laughs> Help a girl out. Help a girl out from, you know, like, one c- Canadian man- g- person to another. Like, I I just, um, Asian representation and all that stuff. Yeah, I can do it. Just, just trust me. I trusted you with my bladder. <laughs> People are a thing. They are. People are everywhere. And we interact with people on a daily basis. Nice. It shouldn't be difficult to be kind. Laugh with people, not at them. Well, unless they're like good friends and like you've communicated that you can laugh at them, you know? And like also check in on the day because sometimes like you can laugh at me, but then some days I'm like, not not today. Yeah. (laughs) We hope you had a good laugh with some of these stories or you felt warm and fuzzy with others. They are, again, just our experiences, good and bad. We are the result of our interactions. So even though some not-so-nice things maybe happen to you, you can still choose who you are going forwards. Just be kind, because you don't know what people are going through. And sometimes that also means being kind to you, because it is hard to process some of the things you might personally be going through as well. Sorry, just <laughs> when you were talking about that you are the result of your interactions, I'm like, so see, what was the result of my pee? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do with that information? I meant metaphorically, but yes. Yeah, no, like, yeah. So sorry, Simu. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to keep up with us, feel free to follow us on Instagram at theglasschest. At the end of the day, we've all got some stuff we want to get off our chest. Until next week, stay Stay glassy. glassy.